pair to put on your tinfoil hats. Tonight we're going to be talking to Charlie, whose apartment was built on top of a graveyard. If you have had an experience that you would like to share, you can contact us at challengeunknown at gmail.com. Yeah, um, so as the accent probably tells you, I'm from the north of England. Um, I'm going to try and be a little bit, bit Vegas to where exactly, because otherwise the story is going to mean you can pinpoint my exact house. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I've grown up pretty much in and out of cities and small villages around. I don't know what it's like much in America, um, but everything's very close together here. Um, so I grew up in a, a relatively small village in a relatively large town, 15 minutes away from the nearest city. Um, and now I live in basically this tiny little one bedroom apartment in a, a brand new build that's about a 15 minute walk from the city center. So it's nice, sort of central, easy to get around everywhere. Um, basically it started off in November. Um, I mean, I've lived in the apartment for two years now. Um, but I think it was November 2nd or 3rd, um, I was sat at home alone and I mean, I've never been a believer in the supernatural. Um, I mean, it's always really interested me a whole lot ever since I was a kid. Um, but I always sort of, I mean, even now I'm not entirely sure I, I believe if it wasn't for everything that's kicked off, I, you know, would be staunch now. It's none of it's real, but it's interesting to learn about. Right. Um, but basically that ties into the fact that I was basically sat on my sofa uh, with headphones in listening to some basically spooky stories on YouTube. Um, you know, things like the Dyatlov Pass incident or all that sort of thing. Oh, the Devil's um, Pass. That's the, uh, that's yeah. the incident with those. I think it was the Russian, um, the hikers, hikers yeah. yeah, out in the, uh, that's right. I remember that. And they all went missing. Yeah. And they found their bodies under really weird circumstances. Yeah, with radiation. And I, I love stuff like that and hearing all the, the different theories around it, both the crazy out there and the, you know, the grounded in reality sort of scientific ones. Um, right. Because I, I understand there's a lot of things we can't explain, um, but it's interesting to me to to learn about and and see how people try and rationalize what happened. Mm. Um, so... Uh, your episode about the Winchester house, I really enjoyed because I, I love stuff like that. Um, but I can't remember exactly what I was listening to. I was just sort of sat on the sofa, um, relaxing, doing some sewing because I'm very, very old for a 25-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and basically just just relaxing. My boyfriend was out late. He had some car trouble. Um, so I was just sort of chilling on my own. And as I'm sat there, I start hearing these screams. Um, now, at first, it sounded kind of like your cliche horror movie depiction of hell sort of screams, you know, a bunch of people all at once. And it was kind of quiet. So I just assumed it was the video I was watching, you know, not really thought much of it. Bit odd, but whatever. Um, and then it started up again about half an hour later. And I rewound the video I was watching because it was a different video and it really didn't tie in at all with what I was listening to. Um, and the screams weren't on the audio track. So I'm like, well, I live near a football ground. It's, you know, like a Sunday night. I wouldn't be surprised if some people have had a few too many to drink and I'm, I'm hearing crowds coming past maybe. Um, it's a bit late for that. You know, it's like 10, 11 o'clock at night at this point, but it wouldn't be the weirdest thing that's happened on my estate. Um, so I decided to crack the window open so I could keep an ear out. Um, I swapped to only having one earbud in. Um, 
just so I could, you know, get an idea as to what was going on. Because it, it could have been outside. It could have even been a neighbor's TV for all I knew. Um, but it was just, it was starting to freak me out a little bit. You know, when you're home alone listening to scary stories and spooky disappearances. Right. Um, yeah. You're like, this is the start of me going missing. <laughs> um, and when the scream started up again, um, I sort of whipped off my headphones. And it was definitely coming from inside the apartment block. Um, you know, the windows open, it, it very clearly wasn't coming from out there. Um, so at that point I shut the window cause it was bloody cold. <laughs> um, and I just sort of took the headphones off properly and sat for a little while. Um, just so I could try and figure out what was going on. So I sort of just wrote it off as the neighbor's TV, but again, that sort of mood and setting and with it being just after Halloween, I was like, I put my fears to rest as it were, <laughs> which ended up being a bad idea. Um, I should explain a little bit as to my, how my apartment block works. So um, basically my apartment itself is in a sub block uh, attached to the main apartment block. Um, so they weren't meant to be actual apartments where I am. There's four units that were supposed to be um, retail units, but they couldn't get the permission for, okay. uh, couldn't get the zoning for. Um, so they converted them last minute. So I've got like 12 foot high ceilings. I'm probably echoing pretty bad because of that. <laughs> um, and it means that we also have a separate entrance to the main apartments, um, which you need a, a specific key for, and then a locked door beyond that that you need a code for. Um, my apartment's then the first one you hit, and then it's like a U-shape. So the only apartment I share a wall with is around a big corner and loop back on yourself. Um, so when I heard the screams again, um, I could tell immediately it wasn't my neighbor's wall because it was coming from the left of my door, so in the stairway. Um, now, it's only five floors plus a roof, so it's not a huge, huge apartment block. Um, but I could tell from the, the echoing, she was probably sort of two, maybe three stairs above me, floors above me. Um, and it was very clearly a woman this time. Um, clearly in a lot of distress, um, I could hear her screaming and vomiting, um, which isn't, again, a great thing to hear when you're a female on your own yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, in an apartment block. So I didn't really want to go out because obviously um so i called the police um dialed 999 uh, and spoke with the the dispatcher um they asked if i was comfortable going outside and checking on her and i was like okay even if there is someone out there hurting this woman you're not going to be able to help me because you're on the phone but I, I, okay i'll do it um didn't really want to leave the apartment but i didn't also didn't want to leave her you know possibly choking on her own vomit, as it were. Um, so I stepped out and opened the stairway door. Um, and at this point, she'd gotten a lot quieter. She sort of eased off as I'd been talking on the phone. Um, and just before I opened the door, I heard sort of a, a soft sob and why won't anyone help me, which was sort of what prompted me to go out because that's a horrifying thing to hear. Um, it also made it sound like she was possibly alone in there, so a little bit safer. Um, but I opened the door anyway and shouted out and deathly silence, no response at all. Um, wow. so I'm, I'm still talking to the dispatcher at this point. I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe she feels a bit silly. Maybe she was drunk or something. Um, still go and, and have a look. Um, so I made my way up floor by floor. 
And once you hit the first floor, we, we do floors differently. The first floor above mine, <laughs> um, there's a big courtyard, which is where the main apartment block or the apartments let into. Um, you can see all the way up. It's kind of like a prison, to be honest, all the way up to the roof. Um, and all the doors in this stairway as well are very, very heavy, um, proper fire doors. So they slam when you shut them. And I've not heard anything. Um, but I opened up and stepped out into the courtyard and shouted out again. Um, no response. Uh, no one opening any of the doors to see what was going on, which I kind of expected. Um, just completely silent, just the sound of the sort of city in the background, the normal noise. Um, basically, I worked my way up floor by floor, stopping on each one, going into the courtyard space, calling out, trying to see if I could find a tuck around a corner. Um, by the time I hit the fourth floor, I was feeling kind of silly. Um, I've still got the dispatcher on the phone and I'm like, maybe she's gone into an apartment and just closed the door quietly. Um, you know, I know you've got police en route and I feel like I'm wasting everybody's time. Um, kind of creeped out at this point, but again, I just figured she'd run off somewhere maybe. Um, but then I hear a spitting noise. Um, you know, when you, you're sick and you've thrown up, you, your mouth is full of saliva and that horrible taste. And it, it sounded like someone just coughing up mm. uh, a little bit of, you know, phlegm, um, which immediately made me think she's still here then. And it came from directly above me. So I ran up the next flight and it's the roof level, so the fifth level. And again, there's no one there. And I throw open the door and burst out into the roof space. And there's nobody there. Absolutely no one. Deathly silent again. And there's like these three mini apartments on the roof. Um, they're almost like little chalets and all of them were dark. So there was no one in there. And she, she wouldn't really have had time to cross the roof and get into one of them. Um, so I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, how, how has she given me the slip? Um, so the dispatcher asked me to go back down and again, see if I could see her on the way down. Um, and as I got, a couple floors down, I heard the main entry door slam, uh, the one you need a key for. So I was like, okay, maybe she's, you know, giving me the slip somehow, tucked in somewhere, even though there's nowhere in the stairway to tuck in. Um, and she's just left. Um, so I carried on going down. And again, as I'm about the second floor, I hear spitting again, coming from below me. So I... I run down and there's a no one on that floor. And as I peer over, I can see one of the neighbors struggling with the code lock. Um, and they just sort of slip in absolutely fine. But it was a bloke, so it wasn't it wasn't the same voice. It couldn't really have been him shouting. Um so I was kind of freaked out. Um I went and stood in my little sort of like I said, the subunit section and just listened for a bit. Um, I could hear some yelling from one of the neighbors, but it wasn't the same voices. Um, it was very clearly a man and a woman. It sounded like the guy who just walked in. So I assumed his, his girlfriend was having a bit of a go at him for coming in and quite late. Cause it's, you know, like two o'clock at this point. Um, so I say goodbye to the dispatcher in the end, go back into my apartment, very much shaken. Um, and the police arrived shortly after I let them in. They talked to the couple in the other apartment. Um, but again, he'd only just gotten in. She was asleep. She hadn't heard anything. Um, and they'd basically just left. They didn't even say goodbye. Um, but as I'm sort of sat there going, what on earth just happened? 
I realised that in all my running up and down the stairs, I hadn't seen any sick. I'd, I'd very clearly heard someone throwing up and heard, you know, splashing and very much visceral somebody being very, very ill. And there was nothing in that stairway. It was completely clean. Um, and yeah, basically I had just no explanation that made sense to me. Um, I ended up putting a post on Reddit, which obviously you guys saw, um, very much in the heat of the moment, very shaken. <laughs> um, and my boyfriend came home shortly after that. And yeah, that was the, the main sort of incident. Um, since then, I've done a little bit of digging. Um, and it turns out my apartment block is built on a very old graveyard, which mm. no one told me when I moved in. Um, I had no idea until I went to work the following day and told a couple of guys at work. And they were like, well, you do know you're on a, an old graveyard. And I was like, no, not at all. Why are you making this worse? I was hoping I was hallucinating. <laughs> um, but it turned out, so I know that down the road, um, basically just a, like a block over is a very old hospital. Um, my mum was actually there when she was a child. And I know that it's basically just the main building left and all the surrounding buildings and the extra bits have long gone. You know, there's a supermarket next door to it now instead. Um, but apparently there was... Um, Oh, sorry. And further down the road as well, there's a set of barracks um, that have been there since, you know, for a good two, three hundred years. Um, but apparently there was a, a church built in, I believe it was 1826. Yeah, 1826 it was finished. Um, and that served for both the hospital and the barracks as the main graveyard. Um Eventually, the, the church itself was bombed in the Blitz and destroyed. It was fully knocked down in the 50s. And basically, in the 90s, when they widened the road to make way for you know trams and modern cars, they dug up the graves and moved them to a couple of the sister churches in the area. Um, as I was doing some digging, I found that that was handled extremely poorly. Um, the, I don't know, contractors that were doing the work were very haphazard about you know, cracking open tombs and burial sites. And several people say that they, because it was still open to the public, were walking through on their way home from school or to the shop or whatever. And there was like coffins just sprawled about. Um, it was handled horrifically, really, really poorly. Um, and on top of that, even though there were records of 5,000 people buried here, only about 200 bodies were actually found to be moved. Um, so there's several thousand just missing bodies that haven't been found when they've torn up the area for, you know, apartment blocks and roads and tram tracks. Just none of it was found. Um, so yeah, great, great history for the place. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, welcome to England. Um, wow. and then a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> um, I started up with banging. Um, so again, it's been a, a long time since all this happened and I'd sort of put it mostly out of my mind. Um, I've been trying to do some, you know, digging on the history of the place, which is an absolute pain because records after the church was bombed, a lot of it was destroyed. Um, but we started up with a series of banging and at first I just assumed it was a neighbor, you know, hammering something into the wall, which has never happened, but you know, that's normal. Um, but it 
sort of carried on for like two or three hours and it was very very rhythmic and I realized after the first sort of five minutes it was someone running up and down a flight of stairs but the problem was it, it was coming from the right so it was coming from the corridor where all the apartments are not from the stairway and every time I opened the door to check you know in case it's some some kids or something the corridor was empty and the noises would just stop the instant I opened that door, it just went silent. And the moment it shut again, it would start back up. Um, and it's been happening on and off. You know, sometimes it'll start at eight o'clock in the evening. Sometimes it's three o'clock in the night and it wakes me up. Random, it's not every night. <laughs> it randomly kicks up and then dies down again. Um, and all I can really do is try and ignore it. But it's been getting almost louder and louder each night to a point where even when I'm sat at my you know, desk with my headphones on full blast, I can still hear the banging. Um, I actually went and knocked on the neighbor that I share a wall with, knocked on the door. Uh, I went round in the end and peered in the windows and the, that apartment's empty, empty at the minute. No one's living there. So I don't know how <laughs> these noises are occurring in any, there's no stairs, there's no one there. It's just noise. Hmm. And I have to live with it. <laughs> sounds really eerie yeah yeah it's been fun um like i say i would assume that i'm just hallucinating um but i've got two cats and they react to the noise when it starts up they sit bolt upright and look at the wall and eventually they like me get bored and try and just ignore it um but yeah it it has been extremely creepy um because I sort of assumed, you know, I'm, I'm on medication. It's probably that, you know, hallucinations are a possible side effect. I know they don't normally randomly start after two months of being on medication, but you never know. But, you know, with the animal responses and things, it just, it's reaching a point where I don't know what's going on anymore. So I, I think a good place to start would be um, with the graveyard part. Mm. So do you know how old the graveyard is or was? Yeah, so it was the same time as the church that people started getting buried there. Um, so the 1820s. And 1820s. Yeah, the burials, the main burials, public burials stopped in 1905. Um, but some families who had bought private lots and things like that were still allowed to lay their families to rest there. Uh, right up until it was, until the church was demolished in the 50s. Um, Because at that time, a bunch of the headstones were removed and it was converted into like a small park. Um, Which is why, obviously, it was still open to the public and people walking through and being quite upset at coffins suddenly appearing in the middle of their lovely park. So I just looked it up. I was kind of thinking since um, what you were hearing was, well, it sounded like someone was sick and throwing up was maybe there was a plague or some sort of sickness that was spreading around and uh, people who have died from that would have been buried there. But I remember, I think uh, I was going to say, I remember in the 1920s was the Spanish flu pandemic. And then the flu, I think it was was 16, 18, something like that. It was around the war, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I'm trying to remember, like could be residual from that or maybe, Mm. Maybe something prior. I don't remember. I know there was another plague in 1820 uh, or in that time area. I can't remember what mm. which one, what plague that was. I'm going to look it up, but 
yeah. Continue. <laughs> Quick Google. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just so visceral. Like I say the, there's quite a loud, sorry, a loud echo in the stairway because it, you know, goes up for five stories and it's mostly glass and concrete. Um, and you could hear the, the reverb of her shouts and her crying, um, which made it me think it was less likely to be, you know, all in my head because that sort of, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Try not to spook myself out too much because I'm home alone again this evening. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, it just, it, it didn't sound like something that my brain would be able to fake, if that makes sense. Right. Um, like I say, with the, the hospital around the corner and like I say, especially with the, the barracks as well, I know that the graveyard served them specifically, so it would make sense if it was, you know, something along the lines of the Spanish flu or things like that. Um, but again, the graveyard mostly shut down in 1905, so there weren't really a lot of new burials from those two places for the Spanish flu. I would assume it would be earlier. Um, again, though, I don't know if it's... It's probably too late as well for things like, you know, the bubonic plague, the Black Death, that sort of thing, which is the... The go-to in England, um, half of England is plague burial. <laughs> yeah, that was about the uh, 1300s when that happened. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The, the bubonic plague was quite a while ago. The 1820 mm. plague was the common influenza, and then the mm. 1920s was the Spanish flu, killed over 100 yeah. million people. That's so the, the second thing that it could possibly be is um, the Yorkshire Blitz. Yeah. is um people who died when was this it was 1940s yeah no. um i believe it was just i read this recently uh december 1940 i want to say yeah so i did read about it the um as part of the research of it all trying to find out what happened. let's say the church was destroyed in in that attack um mm. it wasn't fully demolished till the 60s but the church was directly hit um Sorry, the cat. You might have to cut that. Um, yeah, it just there's so much that's happened in the area, um, and like I say, with with the bombing, it's hard to find any record. Yeah. Um, which is terrible because I would love to be able to, you know, do some proper research and say, well, nothing ties up with this, so it must be in my head. Um, but when everything's up in the air like this, you just, I feel like I can't write off anything. And I mean, that, that's scarier than hallucinations to me. <laughs> England in general, but Yorkshire specifically, has had a lot of um, really dark things happen in the past, over the past couple mm. hundred years. So I don't know what kind of bombs were used in the um, the Blitz when they were bombing Yorkshire. Mm. But one of my thoughts would be if they were using chemical weapons, that would, neither, that would be another cause. Because, you know, when you're hit with chemical attack, you'd be... Uh, severely sick. Mm. So, so I, and, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarkos. I was gonna say, try and help me get a picture for your complex here. Um, mm -hmm. I know you described it pretty uh, in pretty good detail earlier, but I'm just tr I'm just struggling to picture it because it's so out of the uh, ordinary. Yeah, it is very very unusual. Um, so on the the ground level, um, you can think of it as having like two legs. Um, one leg at 
the far end is the entrance way for the main block. Um, you know, it's got the water meter room, it's got the the bin room for it, it's got one set of stairways up, and the main postage room um, is all on that side. In the middle is the car park, um, and then on the opposite side, the other leg is the four apartments in the the sub block, as we call it. Um, so there's like 53 apartments in the main block. Um, and there's only four in this little sub block. Um, so you've got two staircases, one going up either side um, of the apartments. Um, and then the first floor is a main courtyard across the center, um, running most of the space other than the two stairwells. Um, and then it's like that stacked on top, on top, on top with the entrances to all the apartments facing into that courtyard um and then on the top you've got the big hole down all the way down um and then just a large concrete and i don't know if you guys get astroturf it's like fake grass yeah of um, course yeah on the roof for you know relaxing in the summer not that we get a lot of summer <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's it's like a giant zero almost when you look at it from above um just... kind of like two little legs yeah yeah on the very bottom okay okay i can picture that so it's hard to describe it's such a weird apartment <laughs> yeah so i mean my the only thing i could really think of is um the grave disturbances being a um a reasonable cause as to why you're hearing such things um but it's only it's only started happening recently, a couple months ago. Yeah, I mean, I'll have lived here two years um, at the end of this month. Uh, so I moved in end of January, beginning of February. Um, and like I say, it only started in November, um, mm. which was super bizarre because, like I say, I've, I've been here for ages. I didn't know any of the past, so it's not like I was influenced by that, and that's why it suddenly started. Um, and I mean, I... I read creepypastas and scps to get me to sleep every night <laughs> but it's not that i was exposed to anything new that would cause me to really hear this sort of thing um the only thing i could think of was it being some sort of anniversary um you know anniversary of someone's death or of the disturbances maybe or something like that um but then when the banging started up in the past month it threw that theory into to question as well um because you know I, I may not have been in on the 2nd of november my first year here I, c I can't remember um and that would explain why i suddenly heard it on the 2nd of november last year now um and never any other time but i was definitely in the apartment around this time last year so i would have heard banging like this mm -hmm. um i don't know if maybe you know something has caused some sort of disturbance you know um maybe something's happened in the apartment that's triggered i mean if if we were to go with you know the whole it is something paranormal with ghosts and things if maybe something's happening in the apartment somewhere that's triggered i don't know how to word it almost like a, a relapse um it was similar to something that happened here and I sound like an idiot. I sound no, they, like an idiot. Um, they sound like uh... it's created a join that the things are able to bleed through. Maybe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's created some sort of connection. Um, but I, again, there's like 50, 60 odd apartments in here. I can't exactly knock on all my neighbors and go, hello, has anything bad happened in the past three <laughs> months? Um, I don't quite think they'd appreciate that. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I wouldn't say it sound crazy by any means. There's residual hauntings, as they refer to them as, and they're kind of like mm-hmm. a tape recorder being played over and over again, is how a lot of people describe it, where it's it's not intelligent. It doesn't really interact with you. It's just sounds and um, mm-hmm. things that you can see that just kind of play on repeat. And when people describe these type of hauntings and you hear about, you know, nothing's ever happened up until now, uh, there's been reports of these kind of things happening on anniversaries so you only hear about it every x amount of years or something like that so that's kind of where i would lean towards it Mm. it's really interesting yeah maybe something special about you know november 2019 and i guess december january 2020 Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it being some sort of repeat almost some sort of loop something I can't really think about like the, the fact that it's just so sudden is kind of weird on its own. Yeah, <laughs> like that, for that was example, the thing that threw me off. Um, because obviously, like I say I I love reading about this sort of thing. It's kind of different when it happens to you. Um, but it doesn't really seem to specifically line up with anything. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's half of what freaks me out about it. Um. Because like I say, I've always been, the, you know, seeing the logic in it. Oh, this is explained by that, blah, 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 blah. But when it doesn't line up with any of the traditional predetermined ones that people have answers for, it, it's a little bit creepier, <laughs> a little bit spookier. See, with um, the guy we were talking to earlier, Eric, this all started happening after um, a, what did you say, priority one slash two police case in his apartment Mm. so you know that means something like uh, suicide or murder or you know like just the crap ton of drugs Mm. and that's when things started popping off for him things started getting a little bit spooky and as for you um you haven't at least you haven't noticed any um heavy police presence you know warding off an area because maybe something got hurt no not really i mean i know that they did do some work on the tram lines um sort of last autumn um which probably would have been just before it started but Hmm. i'm just trying to think when that finished actually (laughs) because i've not considered that actually um there you go any kind of ground disturbance could have something to do with it yeah because they, it kept us up for several nights because um, they were drilling and ripping up because there's tram tracks directly outside the window. Um, they were tearing all that up and putting in brand new. Um, and it, it was around the same time. I'm trying to think if it was... Because I went on holiday in October. I was trying to think if it was before or after. <laughs> um, so they were tearing up the ground basically right, right next yeah. to you, which is on top of the grave. Or yeah, exactly. the ex-grave. So, uh, yeah, that would probably explain a lot of it. Now I think about it. Well, there you go. There's one of the missing pieces to the story. Yeah. 
I was going to say, if there was no particular event that you noticed that would have caused this, I mean, there you, you do live in a complex, so there's other people there. It's, mm. it's always possible that maybe the cause or start of it was maybe somebody was screwing around with something they weren't supposed to, weird mm. types of trying to open doorways, whatever it might be, people playing with that kind of dark magic, whatever you want to call it, whatever terminology is out there for it. That someone could be, got out uh, of Hasbro Ouija board. Right, yeah. Someone's <laughs> playing with around. demonic toys from Toys R Us. Exactly. <laughs> um, I say I'm, I might never have believed I was never going to be that dumb to pick one of them. <laughs> Better not to tempt fate, but not everyone else has got that sort of thought to it. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've just done a quick Google to see if I could find any um, police reports, because they're, they're quite good over here in reporting that sort of thing, even if it's Minor. Only minor, um, but I can't really see anything regarding the um, the apartment block at the minute. Hmm. So I I think a reasonable thing would, since this started happening right before everything kicked off in your apartment complex, is mm. the uh, work they were doing for the tram. Yeah. Since they were digging up ground and it's a ex grave site and possibly still is a grave site since there's a few hundred bodies that are still missing. Yeah. They could have disturbed something. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of hard to believe that, you know, 4,800-odd bodies just disappeared. Um, I mean, the, the, grave, the, sorry, the graveyard wasn't open that long, not in the grand scheme of English graves. Um, you know, it was only less than 100 years, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it... It's not like everything would have just turned to to dust and be completely gone. It, I mean, it strikes me really weird that they magically couldn't find anything, and that with all the construction that's happened above, because there was a a car show room that was here before, um, and then they've ripped all that up and dug down to lay all the you know the concrete to support the apartment block, mm-hmm. um, and they've still not found anything. That just it strikes me as really odd. Well, you don't just lose, how many did you say, hundreds or thousands? Thousands. Um, So according to the records that have been recovered and of what was supposed to be here, there was supposed to be about 5,000 graves. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them being, you know, like family plots, multiple people buried in one space. Um, Some of them just being individuals. Like I say, there was a lot coming from the barracks and the hospital. Um, But when they went to move them, there was only about 200 that actually got relocated because that's all that they found upon, you know, the excavation. Yeah. So you don't just lose 4,800 bodies. No. (laughs) Another thing that I think is, um, it could be, uh, whatever happened to those bodies in theory, they could possibly still be down there just because, um, when it comes to construction foundations, those can, those can range pretty heavily, but, shallow foundations can be anywhere from like three to five feet deep mm. while human graves are generally six feet plus down yeah. so it's a, if if it is a shallow foundation it's possible that they just never found them yeah, when they yeah. were doing the work so who knows what's still down there i'm kind of thinking tonight <laughs> I'm kind of thinking whoever's job it was to dig up the bodies didn't just want to dig up 5,000 bodies, so they called it quits after 200. 
Yeah, like I say, the, the stuff I've read about how it was handled is appalling, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I didn't believe at all, that would have been enough to convince me the place was haunted. Uh, reading through, you know, people... It's funny the way people word it, because it's been so long. Um, most people who were around, like I say, it was, you know, 80s, 90s. Most of them that have been talking about it were kids at the time. Um, there's a school just up the road, so they will walk through the, you know, park that they made out of the graveyard um, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And there's one of them that was saying she was out with a bunch of friends and they found, they stumbled across as they were walking through um, a cracked open um, tomb. One of the, I don't know if you guys have them. Um, in the UK, sometimes we have burials quite close to the surface um, and it's mm-hmm. in a concrete sort of, not yeah. concrete, stone tomb that's the top slab the actual grave market is the top of this little tomb and um, there was one of those cracked open and the way she worded it was um we convinced ourselves that we could see bones and ran which is that you guys you know making it up because you're kids and it's a spooky thing or is it that you saw something but have tried to convince yourself afterwards that you didn't that's a good question because there's a lot of stories like that of like i say old coffins just laying out in the sun what little sun we get of you know things just strewn everywhere and not really looked after very well very haphazard um yeah it was not handled very well (laughs) once i read about that i was like i can't believe experienced anything sooner (laughs) it's all kind of morbid when you really think about it the mismanagement of of a grave site like that it's really uh it's really sad It is, especially, like I say, since they were burying people up to 1905. So there's still people around now who may have known people, like, you know, their great-granddad was buried there. Um, Right. It's not that long. I mean, it's only just over 100 years now. And like I say, some people were still being buried there in family plots up to the Blitz in the 40s. So... it was very, very cruelly handled. Um, so if I had family in there, I would not be very pleased, we'll I put it that up. way. Yeah, I'd be upset if I had a family member. I mean, you might not have known that family member personally just because of how far back that goes, but, I mean, still, it's, you know, a part of your history, and I'd, I'd personally yeah, be pretty upset. Yeah, disrespectful. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, those were people at some point. Yeah, just because, obviously, they're they're gone now doesn't mean you can just toss them around like that just because they're gone doesn't necessarily mean they're gone you know yeah which i'm slowly discovering in this play (laughs) (laughs) i think that um just like the history of the area that you're in currently and Mm. it being right on top of a grave site and all the like negative things that happen it's perfectly reasonable to think that there's um I should say it's perfectly reasonable for someone who believes in the paranormal to believe that there's something, you know, having to do with the grave sites. Yeah, I mean, it, it's literally got everything, you know, it's got an old infirmary, an old hospital, it's got an old barracks, it's got an old graveyard, it's got a church that was bombed. <laughs> it, it's literally got everything, all of yeah. the traditional bit. The whole nine yards. Oh, I really know how to pick places to live. <laughs> Maybe next time you should pick a big city where yeah, there's no graves. 
and then oh, there's more graves, and the the bigger the city, the more graves there are. <laughs> oh boy, that's true. Um, London is notorious for them still just randomly falling into tombs of you know mass plague victims and stuff. Oh, um, that's got to be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. They they never know when they dig up for new construction what they're gonna collapse below them. Um, have you heard of the the London Dungeons? No, I have. I have. Okay. So, um, it's notoriously haunted. Um, it's yep. part of London Bridge. Um, basically, it was made because they were doing some construction on the bridge and fell into a, a mass burial site of plague victims and a series of tombs. Um, and they converted half of it into a haunted ride. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and the other half is still, you know, the the bones are just stacked on the walls and on the floors. Um. It's notoriously very, very haunted. Um, if you visit London, it's actually a lot of fun. I've been about three times. Sounds like fun. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, literally in England, you you can't really walk anywhere without falling upon some sort of graveyard in, in ancient times. From an from a uh, archaeological standpoint, it's actually got to be really amazing to stumble mm. upon things like these. Yeah, so I mean. I, I don't know if you guys heard much about it, but one of our lost kings was found recently under a car park. So really, <laughs> yeah, King Richard um, died King in Richard. battle. Yeah, died in battle. Um, never recovered the body, um, and they were digging up an old car park, I think in York. Um, it was a few years back now, and they stumbled across um, basically a bunch of bodies from that battle, and managed to positively ID one as the king and had him reinterred elsewhere there was a big fight over where they were going to inter him as well um which was quite interesting we have weird news over here yeah, so seriously. just for an idea is it like a, a a mass battlefield graveyard where people weren't actually buried they were just left to rot or is it uh you know they're properly laid to rest yeah i think it was more after the the battle there was just so many bodies that they couldn't really spend time trying to figure out who everybody was and bury everyone individually. So they dug uh, basically a mass grave and put groups of people in smaller group graves. Um, and it was one of these that they, they dug up when tearing up the car park for repairs, um, which is unbelievable to think it was like just, just because car parks aren't very thick concrete, really. To think mm -hmm. it was that, that close to the surface and that, that close to being found for, you know, hundreds of years and, was just completely ignored. Well, yeah. Um, exactly goes back the, to my point with the uh, with the foundations is human bodies mm. are generally buried deeper than shallow foundations for buildings. Yeah. It's England's got a lot going on. <laughs> Another interesting one that I heard a while back. This was a few years ago, like six or seven years, but um, in a marsh or in a bog there was a not perfectly preserved, but a pretty well-preserved uh, mm. Viking body that they just yeah, pulled we, out of the mud. We have a lot of bog bodies. Um, there's dozens of famous ones that have come from England. Uh, we don't have as many bogs as we used to, um, but they found all sorts in them, perfectly preserved animals that don't exist anymore and people as well. Um, just something about the, the peat is just perfect, perfect for preservation um mm -hmm. turns the skin to leather and you, you can even tell things like hair color from it mm -hmm. um it really is fascinating because 
obviously, I know America's only got about 200 years of history. Um, and you fit a lot into that amount of time, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but in the UK, like I say, you, it, it's so small. You can fit us like three times into Texas alone. Um, and everyone's just so on top of each other. And a lot of towns and cities, we've raised the land over time because we've had to, because there's just so much underneath, you know, ruins of buildings and graves and things like that. Just everything just gets built on top of. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was growing up, there was a TV show called Time Team, um, which I don't know if you guys got, but it was basically dedicated to that. It was a bunch of archaeologists just going around and digging up random areas where they thought there might be. Um, hmm. And 99% of the time there was, <laughs> be it Roman or Viking or, you know, Anglo-Saxon. It, it's almost impossible to dig anywhere without stumbling on something. You said time team? Yeah. Oh, I got to look this up. It sounds like <laughs> right up my alley. Most of the things oh. they found were pottery, admittedly, but... <laughs> I think I've seen a couple of their clips of um, them digging up World War II battle uh, battle mm. sites and uh, World War One tr- trenches. Yeah, they they've done a lot over the years, um, but yeah, can recommend. Grew up with that one. <laughs> Sounds really good for old TV shows that don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Stegos, you got yeah. anything? Man, I don't know, man. We're sitting at about 45 minutes. I think we've uh, made a pretty good episode there. Sorry, I probably run a bit long. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. No, no, we've no, had, no. Like, we've had two-hour conversations with people before. Oh, that's all right. Then I don't feel as bad then. <laughs> Judging purely on statistics for um, people who listen to podcasts is they prefer it to be anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. Mm. So that's what we try to keep it with. Yeah, I agree. You know, half an hour, 40 minutes is, is long enough. Any more than that, I start to lose focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know H3H3 or Joe Rogan? H3H3, yeah. My my other half is obsessed. Yeah, <laughs> so those ones can run up to two hours. And, yeah. you know, personally, I just watch the clips. I don't watch full episodes because that's just Same. so much dedication. Mm-hmm. He he also listens to cold ones, and I always cold tune ones. out about halfway through that. <laughs> It's a group of Americans getting very drunk. Uh, Americans, Australians getting very drunk. <laughs> uh, personally, I listen to uh, mostly the McElroy brothers. Um, McElroy. I've never heard of these guys. So, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Um, my brother, my brother and me? Nope. Okay. Uh, you're going to have fun. Um, I can recommend uh, Sawbones. That's one of the <laughs> brothers and his wife. She's a doctor. Um, it's all about medical history. Um. And they also have the Adventure Zone if you're into D&D. It's a real play D&D podcast. Um, oh. And then my, my brother and my brother and me has got like 800 episodes. That's a lot to catch up on. So, But it's like oh, a, wow. an advice, a comedy advice podcast. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they had a TV show and everything. So. Yeah, I'm really into um, the Joe Rogan specifically because the, he covers such a wide variety of topics. Mm. And all his guests are really interesting people like um joey diaz is one of my favorite or i forget his name um this is a man who uh, is an advocate for psychedelic mushrooms and he had his first (laughs) crazy trip in a thunderstorm in a tree and it was it's just amazing stories (laughs) my um I've, i've not done really any drugs myself i've not had time um my dad's got a great story of the first time he did mushrooms. Um, 
one of the guys stayed dry so that he could drive everybody home. Uh, and they stopped to fuel up at a petrol station. Um, and my dad was sat in the back with one of his mates, both off the faces. And mm. dad just goes, <laughs> I just saw a Cadbury's cream egg drive by. A Cadbury? Um, so Cap- what's sorry, that? Cab- Cadbury's cream eggs. Um, it's a chocolate um, from Cadbury's. It's like uh, a chocolate eggshell with, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like oh, that's the one with the toys inside, right? Inside. No, they're Kinder no. eggs. Um, uh, you guys do get cream eggs. They've got like a, a sweet, it's like a cream, but it's not um, white and yellow inside. Mm. Uh, I, I believe you can get them in the USA because there's an, um, a Canadian factory for them. Mm. Uh, look them up. They're very good. They're only sold around Easter. <laughs> but yeah, he, he burst out laughing that, you know, this, this egg drove past him, this chocolate egg. Um, it took them several hours to calm him and the other guys in the car down and get them home because they were just raucous laughter about this egg. Um, and my dad got home and very sheepishly turned to my mum and said, yeah, we, I tried shrooms for the first time and it didn't go well. I was hallucinating really bad. I saw a Cadbury's cream egg drive by and to him <laughs> back of the head and went, yeah, that's real. They're doing it as a promotional thing. You weren't as high as you thought, love. <laughs> yeah, oh, so there was an actual, actual thing driving by. Little fun fact about Kinder eggs is they were actually illegal in in the United States for a while. Yeah, you're not allowed non-edibles inside of edibles, are you? Yeah. They they do like a weird different one now where it's like half and half. Um, because we get them over here as well and nobody buys them. <laughs> yeah, the only the only people that get them around here are like little kids. Because I used to work at a deli and we sold Kinder eggs there. So the kids would always be super excited to get like, this one has marble, so I want to get that one. Maybe I'll get a Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> oh, when I was a kid, you'd get a toy car and you'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that was ever in them, toy cars. Yep. Man, that's funny. Uh, I would also recommend to you, since you like a lot of the mm-hmm. podcasts, um, have you heard of Missing 411? Uh, it does sound familiar, but I don't know where from. It's very popular. So there was, I'll give you a short synopsis of it. So basically there was this ex, I think he was an ex detective. And Mm. after he retired, he decided to look into a bunch of missing people cases in national parks. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I have heard about this. There's a bunch of, a podcast. Yeah, no, so there's a bunch of podcasts that have had the guy, the guy's name is Dave, David Pilates, mm. and they've had him on for interviews, and he just basically will tell the stories in the interviews, and some of the stories are wild, like, just absolutely mm. wild, and it's a lot of fun. I, I will tell you this, if you try and go to sleep while listening to it, it'll mess you up. I'm not <laughs> one that's easily put off by that kind of stuff, especially considering that I do this. But listening yeah. to some of the cases really messed me up because they're just so bizarre. Like avid hunters going missing, professional trackers going missing in like mm. the most bizarre circumstances. And it's, it's, well, I know I'm, I'm listening I'm, to it work tomorrow. Yep. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a, I'm actually going to send you a link for one of the really good ones. It's like an hour long and you can just put it on the background and listen to the stories. But it's awesome. absolutely, you. absolutely recommend it. Also to the viewers who haven't listen to missing for one one uh look it up it's a series of books that the guy's written detailing all the cases but you can listen to some of his interviews and they're absolutely phenomenal speaking on missing people um 
I don't know if you know uh, Charlie Oregon in the United States. I know of Oregon. <laughs> of Oregon. That's where uh, I'm from. I played from. the Oregon Trail, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm from. Um, Oregon's actually a really hot spot for people just randomly going missing, specifically mm-hmm. kids going missing, no trails mm-hmm. for, for days or even weeks, and then randomly just reappearing. Do they have anything to say when they come back, or? Mm-mm. Not that I can remember off the top of my head, mm. but it, it's such a strange occurrence because Stackhouse was speaking of um, people just like professional hunters disappearing and never being heard from again. But these kids are disappearing for days on end and then just perfectly fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the missing people cases in national parks is the the kids that when they go missing is there's a pattern with them is either they're really really young and they're so mm-hmm. young that they can't recite anything that happened to them or they're severely mentally uh, disabled so they can't mm-hmm. repeat what happened to them uh, one of the few ones that turned up alive and was actually at an age point where they could recite a little bit said some weird stuff about like the man or something that like took care of him for a few days or like I, I, I'm going to butcher that I, I, I should stop there <laughs> but um, he said some really weird stuff and I think he mentioned something about his grandma being out there with him and like just bizarre stuff mm. and a lot of the kids that like they do massive search parties for these kids when they go missing like I mean they bring in professional trackers hunters um, and they mm. comb miles of forest where these kids go missing and they walk over the same area hundred or I shouldn't say hundreds of times, but like four or five times every single day um, for like a week. Can't find the kid, can't find the kid. And then they find the kid dead over an area that they've, they've searched five checked. times. They've already checked the area five times and they find the kid uh, who's dead, but he's in perfect condition, like completely mm. untouched looks like, and it's been raining. It's been horrible conditions and they find the kid dead on a tree branch um just looks like he's he was just placed there like an hour ago and it's it's just goosebumps. really yeah it's really creepy stuff mm. and they it's just really weird circumstances so absolutely check it out for sure definitely let's say you tell me not to listen to it at night i'm definitely <laughs> just just listen to <laughs> it at night. Might as well. but... yeah be right <laughs> I'm already haunted. Can't make it much worse. <laughs> right. There you go. Why not? Uh, I'm just glad that whatever it is has been quiet tonight. I was terrified it was just going to bang all the way through and everything would be unused. Oh, man, if, that'd be um, small victories. Small victories. <laughs> if you, if you uh, have it happen again and you choose to investigate it, can I ask that you re- uh, record? Yeah, definitely. I am... Um, Honestly, I don't use my computer very much nowadays. I've been trying to catch it on my phone, but I always seem to load it up just as it stops, um, mm. which, again, makes me feel like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> um, but I think I'll I'll start sort of leaving my computer on in the corner so I can just immediately start recording should anything else happen. Yeah. It's kind of... it's Just going back to the start of the screaming, the howling or whatever... Mm. And then the throwing up noises and then being above you and then below you. That whole that whole thing is just on its own very odd. Yeah, I mean if it if it was just that, I could go, oh, you know, hallucinations, uh sort of write it off as one really weird occurrence. Um 
some strange auditory hallucination. Yeah, but the fact that it's continuing now several months down the line and like I say, again, I'd probably think it's me, but my my pets are reacting. My cats are like jumping up and, and looking in the direction. Mm. And yeah, that's what makes it very, <laughs> very unsettling. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, trust that you'll be okay because it's not yeah. something that you should truly fear. No, at the end of the day, I can always move out. <laughs> yeah, you can always move out. Like I said, nothing dangerous has happened, so I, I should be all right. I can live with just weird noises. If, as long as it doesn't progress past that, I'll be fine. <laughs> I know you don't want to be seen by your neighbors as like some weird, crazy lady, but if it really comes down to it, you can always try to ward off spirits with like sage and salts and stuff like that. Yeah. I have to do some proper research beyond, oh yeah, I know that people do X, Y, Z. Let's do some actual research into what you're supposed to do with those things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right on. Well, thanks for coming on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me.